Hi everyone, welcome to Tech Talks. Today we have four INFP Pauls. Let's give a little dance. <laughs> no, I refuse. I will not dance for you. I'm not a man. And so, no. Paul, are you wearing your fancy socks today like you said you were cold? Oh, I didn't say they were fancy. I, I didn't know this was like, you know, a black tie affair. Yeah, I never said fancy. I said lucky cat socks. You know, now if that's fancy in your world, then hey, power to you. But yes, yes, I am actually. So oh, yeah, let's see if we can get this on camera here. Oh, I was uh, waiting for this day to come. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's I'm okay that I've done on, on camera, right? Yeah, hang on. And just so you know, like I'm not half-assing it. This is the other foot. Wow, really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will not yeah. allow you to miss that thoughts. Yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm going to miss the thong, I but I can't really display that. Oh, okay. Is it a lucky thong, though? That's the question. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm scarred for life now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Paul, would you... <laughs> Oh, oh, would you like to show me a bit about you? I'm so sorry. That, that's totally the last time that happens. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Matson. Uh, I am one of four Pauls, <laughs> who's also an INFP. Uh, yeah, I'm also an Enneagram Nine Wing One. I believe my subtype is sexual. Uh, but I'm still looking into that because I don't really understand the subtypes thoroughly. You know, it's a work in progress. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Yeah. That's cool. I'm in yeah. Canada as well. Yeah, you are. And so, Paul, would you like to tell us a bit about you? <laughs> um, I, I'm Paul. I'm an INFP. And that's all you need to know. No, actually, um, <clears throat> I work as a uh, personal trainer and life coach online and in the Toronto area. And fun fact, I giggled when Paul said the word sexual. If you need more than that, I can't help you. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, excellent. That's great. Is and, it though? And... <laughs> We're going to get into the philosophical implications of, uh, to, to know if that's great or not. You absolutely <laughs> should. That's the whole point of getting a bunch of INFPs in a room. So it is needlessly discussed philosophical implications and the most mundane of things. Mm. Well said. And Paul? Oh, oh okay. Um, wait, do I need to say, right? Um, it's just chaos at this point. You can say whatever you want. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Paul P. I'm an INFP uh, 9, so it's written like peace. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, the INF Paul. This is great. Um, oh, where's yeah. the other Paul? <laughs> Guys? Oh, now can... I can hear? Oh I'm going to talk from the shadows. Are you <laughs> because, okay? Yeah. Now, now that I don't have camera, I can hear you very well. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm going to be a ghost today oh, for sure 
We're, we're just going to wait until That's the other okay. call comes back until we start yeah. off again. Your but answer you guys is can... quite compelling. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it's pretty much you, but it's one. you in picture. First time, this, this actually should work. <laughs> it's only because it hates me. That's why. No big deal. I'm sorry, Joyce. Your, your IJ brain is going to explode. Yeah, yeah. It's already has 10,000 times. <laughs> oh, cool. Then, then you get it. That, that's what any is like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just blood pouring out my ear at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joyce, I mean, you managed the panel with ENTPs. I, th- I think this yeah. is nothing. This is a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? And, I'm and- so sorry. My connection does seem a lot better, so I'm not going to go in and out. I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> sure. Awesome. And so, Paul, would you like to tell us a bit about you? Hey, I can I can hear very well. It's me, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, she said. Paul. Okay, I'm I'm Paul number four. I'm a INFP, Enneagram nine, I guess. Wing one, I think, and and that's everything. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and he has a YouTube channel no called Pressy AMV. <laughs> I'm I'm subscribed. <laughs> yeah, and and. And Paul Bruce is a life coach, and I'll have his information linked down below as well. Uh, so you can check him out. And I'll have everyone's Twitter down below as well. If you want to check them out, they have plenty of puns and philosophical <laughs> life advice. So if you like those two, then go check them. Chances are slow that you like them, but if you, if, if you fall into that category, that's great. <laughs> Excellent. And so how many of you Pauls are into superheroes? Yeah, Paul number four would raise his hand too, but he, yeah. he's currently dealing with technical you can't issues. See me. <laughs> I am. What's like, what's the vocal equivalent of raising your hand? How about shouting like a shouting like a monkey? Yeah, just start screaming. Let's make a call to your hand. <laughs> oh my gosh! Whenever yeah. I want to raise my hand, I will say um, potato. <laughs> If that's okay. <laughs> it sounds that's like perfect. It's, it's going to be like our code. A safe yeah. word, Paul. Yeah. I think we'll have a safe word. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with P. Like, um, what would, it's related. Oh, oh my God. What would be that connection with the INFP and the, the superhero nerdum? It, it's interesting. I, I wonder. Don't know. <laughs> I wonder if it's just the age and you guys were into the same things, uh, but it's kind of a coincidence because my INFP friend that I, I used to go to the bar with, the last question he asked me is like, what superhero power would you have? That brings us into our first topic, your niche hobbies. We mentioned superheroes is like three of yours. What else do you guys like that's a little on the outskirts? Yeah, Paul, you go first. <laughs> Okay, what do I like that's on the outskirts? I don't know. Does typology count as being outskirts? <laughs> it's hard to tell, you know, depending on the context, because like online, it doesn't seem very fringe at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not as into it as I was when I was younger, but I was really into entomology, like even as like a small child, for example. Like uh, bugs? Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Although, as an entomologist, I would correct you and say, I believe you mean true Insects. bugs, order hemiptera. Yes, but yes, bugs as a catch-all for anything with six or more legs. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's my one-wing pedantic streak there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and it definitely set me apart as, you know, even as a kid uh, for a fair bit, but, you oh, know, so sure. it's a little more muted, I found, uh, you know, other interests. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is going to be a running theme in, in, in the panel, just internet. Yeah. Well, those of you, those of you watching at home, feel free to start a drinking game around <laughs> how many times that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, okay. what type of insects did you like? All of them? Did, did you specialize in Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say specialized, but, and this is a very popular answer for people who are into insects, but the praying mantis is definitely, uh, you know, was always my favorite insect from the get-go. And I think even, they're kind of like, you know, you know how people, like, when they like animals, you know, they're usually into things like, you know, tigers or elephants you know, or whales say, you know, and like the term is like charismatic megafauna, because they're typically like large animals and, and they tend to have like a certain like stature about them. And apparently, even if you're into insects, that's true of the praying mantises, because relatively speaking, they tend to be on the larger side, relative to other insects. And of course, they're apex predators, because they'll eat anything that's, you know, smaller than them, or even larger on occasion. So and i'd say and that's the weird thing because insects uh the word mantis actually is latin for profit because people used to think that mantises had like fortune telling abilities like they could determine the sex of an unborn child if you were lost in the woods if you found a mantis you would ask it which way was home and it would point with one of its forelegs that was the belief uh and in terms of their mannerisms they tend to be the most kind of human in a way. They're the only insect that can turn their heads to look over their shoulders and just the way they groom themselves. So it's a more cat-like behavior, I guess. But yeah, it tends to, you know, the people who are at least into some insects tend to find them, you know, even if they're a little creepy, <laughs> certainly interesting. So anyway, that's that was a long <laughs> rambling story about why I like praying mantises. It yes. wasn't too yeah, I know, I know, it's awful. awful. No, that is so cool. There's so many things yeah. never thought I'd ever have to hear or want to hear about insects, true bugs. I, yeah. I zoned out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that I was actually really. Friend. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. Don't pray mantis like the females eat their males. Some species more than others. Yeah, so it's a, there's a bit of a misconception. It won't happen all the time. Uh, and it's a lot of it's true in like the insect world or even the arachnid world is females tend to be on the larger side. So, yeah. you know, and if, of course, you're if you're a predatory insect, then it kind of makes yeah mating a little risky in the first place. You know, hormones are running wild. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so it does happen, you know, you know, relative... <laughs> relatively, but it's not a guarantee by any means. That is so fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Anyone else want to share That's their cool terrible. hobby? <laughs> and it gives the word man either a different meaning, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> lol. Whenever you have to say lol, you don't mean it. It just hurts. 
if you were to yeah. laugh out loud, you would laugh out loud. But when you say lol. Yeah. It's not, it's not Mock, mocking laughter. <laughs> yeah. 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 LOL. Ha ha. That was funny. Paul, can you stop laughing? Show some respect, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brexler, I find your response still... humorous. Brexler, <laughs> yeah. are you still there? Potato? Use your hand. Say <laughs> <laughs> <like> potato. <laughs> Lord, this is a disaster. This is so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> Like in a good way. <laughs> Who wants to hear more about insects? Yeah, <laughs> I do. yeah, yeah. He's back. The, well, this oh, he's, is he back? I'm back. Oh, wait, raise your, raise your hand. Okay, yes. I have nothing. Potato, potato, potato. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> It was bugs and then potatoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. now we'll talk about potato bugs. Oh, like, have a, uh, a segue. That, that totally caters to the audience of Type Talks. This is talking about potato <laughs> bugs, oh, right? Yeah. Very on brand. Yeah, yeah. You see the I apologize in advance, everyone. Why did I want insects and root vegetables? You see it all the time in the comments <laughs> in the chat section. So, yeah. Well, you're welcome. You know, if you don't know about the insects and the, the root vegetables, you know you're obviously like kind of on a limited understanding. You know, you're probably you're probably just off sixteen personalities, and uh, <laughs> so you're yeah, probably yeah. INFJ, right? Yeah, pro yeah, sure, <laughs> INFJ. Yeah. yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, All I would right. love to hear about INF pathetics. Oh, I like that. My niche obsession has always been, always been superheroes. A concept. I don't even know why I just pause and think about that when my phone is propped up against a computer, and the background is Batman. So it should have been pretty easy. That's actually why I knew. Uh, I knew of. Uh, Prexer's channel before he before he was on the panel because um, like oh, I just have this obsession. Um, it, like there's something about the I think it just satisfies that fi in so many ways. Right? On on one hand, there is the the moral code that the hero typically carries that they used to navigate. Their, their life and something just always resonated with that that journey with that discovery to become a better person to become to become heroic to build virtue at the same time there's like this satisfaction of that need for individuality um, when you have multiple characters together. It's like you know, in the X-Men, the Avengers, the Justice League, you have these teams together. Each of the members is unique. Each of the members is different. They bring unique skills, unique abilities. They bring something unique to the group. Joyce, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I'm imagining Paul Four saying potato, potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to outlive that. 
So I'm gonna say so superheroes and um, okay, Paul, you are next. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I really like uh, mushroom gathering, like in the forest. It's really like neat. You look wow. around and yeah. Mushroom. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really you cool. like that too? Yeah, that's that's a great interest to have, I think, because yeah. yeah, I couldn't tell you which mushrooms were safe or not. So. <laughs> uh, now the whole conversation just... about bugs doesn't seem so out of place, does it? Yeah, no. Yeah. No. yeah. I can eat, I can tell you which one insects are safe to eat, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one yeah. without venomous claws. <laughs> We we need the pulse for survival, or or else I might accidentally go into a forest and eat a death cat by mistake <laughs> with a regular mushroom. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, and it's really cool. Um, the the superhero thing too. There's an idealistic component to to liking superheroes too, I guess, as well, because it's like it's it's like a fantasy world that like you don't have to exist just in within the realms and limitations of the world, but you can have like yeah. this other world that is maybe more perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's a world of ideals and it's a world of possibilities. Um, possibilities of who of who we could be. Um, of who we could potentially become, or <clears throat> you know, especially some of the characters that are, that are are more realistic, right? I mean, like people always make fun of, make fun of Batman because he's he never superpowers; he just got money. But in some way, it's a bit more it's also more attainable. And seeing a character like that, um, mm -hmm. you know, Green Arrow, um, you know, hell, even Hawkeye from the Avengers, no one's favorite Avenger. The, the there's still a realism to it. Where like that aspiration can reach a little closer, but, but either way, it, it, I think it just gives you a sense of the potential of the person, both both in terms of skills and abilities, and also in terms of virtues. Right? See, the these heroes represent that represent a potential self you could become. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. They're like role models of virtue. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, people ask Paul, who's your role model? Batman. Please. Next question. And I mean, it's it's kind of a joke, but it's also very true. And looking to to I guess you know, real people like Batman's not real. Yeah, cool. Um, there, there's a you know the realism of the individual that your role model that you have. Frankly, it's easy to see their flaws. It's easy to see their, um, their 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 imperfections, their limitations, and that, that's that's natural. That is being a person. But with superheroes or with these fictional characters that we can aspire to in in fantasy and science fiction, these characters who are they're they're meant to sort of be an epitome of virtue. So it gives you something very clear to strive for, strive towards something that you'll never reach something that even those characters often don't reach. And part of the beauty of the storytelling is when you see those characters that seem to be that epitome of virtue fall short of it. Yet there's the constant striving towards that ideal. And when you create a fictional character and they are virtuous beyond realism, that can seem in one sense 
um, like, you know, delusional or um, kind of defeating to that sense of trying to improve your own character. But again, when you have that ideal and you keep going towards that ideal, whether or not you never reach it, you're going to become better in the process. There's something really nice. Joyce, you're thinking about practicing say potato again, aren't you? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's never going to die. That's never going to mm-hmm. die. I'm going to stop going all these, all these thoughtful expositions because you're just going to think about potatoes. <laughs> I know it, and he's like, you get it. This song was a potato. From all the words you say, that's the only word I could hear. Okay. <laughs> wow. That means nothing like here. <laughs> But I wow. guess that, that was very inspiring. I guess. <laughs> It's like, I like the urgency in which you said it. Like, you were like trying to convey to us a very important point. But all you could say was potato, potato, potato. <laughs> It's too funny. Right, right. They talk about how IPs are always striving to know who they are or some sort of image that they're supposed to reach towards or discover more about themselves. So I think maybe superheroes is a way of striving towards an ideal version of who you could be, um, which is very aligned with IP-ness. Yeah. You said penis. I did. Potato. But it's like a, yeah, it's like an archetype. You can always keep in your head. What? You say potato again? God. You gotta mute? Joyce, can you mute him? (laughs) Can you hear me? No. Yeah, because we then we just have, we don't have him at all. In the the beginning, hey, if you can hear me well or time. no. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's funny because it's such an inefficient way of communicating. Like, <laughs> if something's okay or One not. What's really interesting here is that we have four INF Pauls, and you think, oh, they're the same, but then. I'm clearly the dick of the group. So you can see that even with the shared name and type, there are still these differences between people. Fascinating. <laughs> You're thinking of potato again, aren't you? Uh, no, that was funny, Paul. I was laughing oh. at you. Um, oh, that's, that's and, the first. Um, <laughs> Paul M and your love of insects. And so that's really cool. You really know like the SI specifics of all the insects that you love. I totally attend a voiceover documentary of insects and you commentating on them. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be, you'd be yeah. really good at like doing narration for, for nature films with that kind of voice you have. Like like Benedict Cumberbatch, except you probably know how to pronounce penguins. <laughs> you see that? Penguin. <laughs> Penguin, like he doesn't actually pronounce, is it pronounced penguin? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that and funny. then they would just be constant puns interjected within your nature documentary. It oh, kind of reminds me of, if you guys know, I think his name is Zay Frank. I don't know his type. He narrates animals, but he puts like a lot of puns and jokes in between oh, them. And that's how I imagine you to be, Paul M. Oh. <laughs> Potato. Are you, are you there? Potato. I'm here. That's his word. <laughs> <laughs> you use that Wait. word. That's his word. 
I don't know what to add because I I couldn't hear Paul. Any Paul. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's your turn now, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you like to tell us about your? Well, hobbies? guys, you know my hobbies, <laughs> superheroes too. Yeah, yeah! I'm a big fanboy <laughs> of everything about superheroes since childhood. Uh, because uh, I guess uh, Paul uh, told about uh, how they're inspiring. It's like uh, a better version of people, of ourselves. Uh, we can see reflected on on the idealism. I guess uh, all INFP love uh, idealism, and superheroes are the the main thing about them is that. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, and my hobby is always changing, I guess, because of any. They're always changing. Me? Uh, I have my, my channel of YouTube. Uh, I made videos, but only in 2017. Yeah, because that was my, that was my mood. Uh, but I, I did a lot of web comics. I, made, I created my, my own superheroes. Uh, that's the ooh. nerdiest thing I ever done. <laughs> and uh, I want to draw too and I'm constantly changing uh, hobbies and uh, look up for um, I don't know um, something else I um, I always uh, open-minded about hobbies that's it I wanted to make a suggestion for a superhero comic is you give them like a superhero that I'm just thinking of like with a really cool name Nightshade and it's a potato. Because <laughs> <laughs> potatoes are nitrate oh. vessels. Come on. Go with the SI. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. That That is a really good joke. <laughs> a whole family of superhero potatoes, that. but uh, <laughs> mashed potatoes, uh, fries. This are yep. a whole family of. Yeah, exactly. Like Batman and Robin. Bad girl, but potatoes. <laughs> Serving justice, fine potassium. That. Oh, that is yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, half of but... superheroes I created are silly and and very crazy stuff. Because um, <laughs> once I had a, a job and I see a co-worker there and I, I look at them and say, oh, he could be a superhero. I'm going to <laughs> create a backstory for him. I'm I give him powers and stuff <laughs> because that was funny for me. Did he you never, say you had a job? He, he doesn't know. He never will. <laughs> because it's, it's silly. Very silly. <laughs> That's what I do. My weird hobby. Did you say you had a job? Yes. Because I and you're an have INFP? plenty jobs. Ow! You're an NF and you had a job. Oh! Wow! I don't know how I. Wow! I have to eat. Happen? I have to pay internet. Okay. I have to pay internet. That's that's it. I I'm, I'm, I'm not doing good. Set up the kindness of strangers. As you can see. Job. Wow, I didn't, you can see. I didn't know I could get a job. Wow. It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And and so basically I love working with strangers because 
Gus, you're interrupting me. <laughs> I love working with strangers because they can be characters for my new stuff. That's brilliant. Make There's a lot of source of ideas there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, FI doms are always like striving to to be their ideal self or striving to understand what that is, um, even if they don't know yet. So, so maybe superheroes is a good conduit for that. I also think being a guy gets you into superheroes more often than being a female too. I don't mean that to stereotype, but like most of my friends who like superheroes tend to be guys, but a female can totally love superheroes. But it, I, I think that's one of the factors affecting this as well. But it's cool, INFPs and superheroes, that's awesome. I couldn't really relate to the exactly like superhero-like, but in like oh, fairy tales, I'm sorry, I, but yeah, uh, the, the same for like superheroes, I could for like fairy tales and like characters that are like super virtuous, but it's a bit different, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so I yeah. couldn't really relate, really, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So INFPs ponder a lot about morality and moral implications. It can be expre expressed in many different ways. <laughs> Awesome discussion so far, Pauls. And so I was wondering, how is your inner world like? Ooh. Paul, you take this one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Yes. Uh, yeah, my inner world is, well, I remember I was rewatching uh, one of uh, Michael Pierce's videos and you know, who I think yeah. is fantastic. Like yeah. I love the way he yeah. talks about type. And, no like, joy. Like, no, like, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. like. Like wonderfully nuanced and stuff. Anyway, but he was talking about the INFPs and he talked about the uh, the INFPs inner world being like a cavern, you know, like and it, but it's mm -hmm. like an intricate network of caverns. So it's like and there's still like all these like little, you know, channels and sub caves and whatnot to be explored. And I do I do relate to that a lot because yeah, uh, like I feel like a lot of me is like yeah hidden away, uh, which I'm usually quite content with like I'm content to have it as my own and I've been told before you know like mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a very private person and I don't share a lot of you know what's going on in my world so uh yeah and there's like all these yeah I, I like to think of it like that you know there's like some like you know massive chambers you know with you know dripping with you know stalactites and stalagmites and you know there could be like there could be like you know cave life you know swimming around in the you know the pools or the the rivers underground rivers things like that so they're fairly like lush you know areas and then there's you know the little parts of me they're like you know really tucked away it's like oh don't go down there because it's like kind of dangerous and it could cave in at any second things like that it's a very literal metaphor <laughs> but yeah I, I do relate i do relate to that a lot and even though i've never gone spelunking i am fascinated by the prospect of it even though i also have a bit of claustrophobia <laughs> So when I watch, you know, movies, you know, where people go, characters go spelunking. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Descent. It's a British horror film about mm -hmm. uh, six women mm -hmm. who go exploring in caves in the Appalachians. And, you know, and bad things happen, spoiler alert. But wow, horror movie, bad things happen? Yeah, I know, right? But they do a brilliant job of capturing the atmosphere of just a, a cave system. And even, yeah, playing into that fear of claustrophobia because, and sometimes yeah. even when I like delve into some of my areas, even though I don't really have a judgment about them, I can also sense that like, you know, kind of like presence of weight hanging overhead. It's like, ooh, you know, this is, this is kind of a tight, you know, spooky area. And anyway, 
yeah, I just, yeah, I just really resonated with that metaphor. Yeah. Brought yeah. Up. Like you're, it's like, there's always more to navigate internally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's, right. There's so many cabinets. It's, it's, it's like a, like a labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. And is it, yeah. And it's like a labyrinth in the sense that I won't necessarily get lost. I can always find my way back. No one else yeah. could. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can like hang around the entrance. Yeah, you know where like all the tour guides take you and stuff. Right. But, what a good uh, job. Exactly. Exactly. But and I love that. I love that potential. It's just sort of like you were talking about. You know, you know, superheroes like aspiring to be, you know, better. You know, be a better hero and or a better person even. And you won't necessarily ever reach that goal, but the goal is never the point. Yeah, the yeah. point is like constantly yeah. reaching for. Just like a lot of. And I'm not likening myself to an artist at all, but like you hear about a lot of artists, like always striving for that perfect, you know, composition or the perfect painting and things, and they'll yeah. never get it. Yeah. But yeah, they're not. Yeah, it doesn't matter because they're just constantly pushing themselves. So it's like that with my internal world. Wow. Yeah, it's like not about a goal or a destination, but it's about mm -hmm. like the journey or the striving towards something. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so, Paul? Oh, you said Paul. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got, I got confused. Um, why are you guys laughing? I, I, I'm generally getting confused. You're making fun of me or something. Um, my, I would describe it like. A web. Or describe it like a web. Maybe I'm just seeing my NE a lot, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing like, I'm seeing a web. I'm seeing a constellation of things connected. I mean, I, I think where FI comes in is what those threads are, um, what those connections are, are and are between, and it's necessarily related to, to life, uh, and to concepts that influence life. Um, when, you know, when someone asks me a question, I notice that I just sort of see kind of disparate pockets of information, like pockets of ideas connecting together. Um, you know, when, uh, Gosh, that's, I mean, it should be an easy question to articulate, right? What's the inner architecture of your psyche? Um, but th that's what I see. It kind of has a flow to it. It has a flow, and it's, it's like invisible threads constantly connecting. But it's connecting intentionally. It's connecting with a purpose. It's not just connecting to enjoy connections, which I think might be more characteristic of an NE dog. Right? Connections, because we connections are fun. Um, for me, the connections are always that's that's like all ENFPs, right? I'm just kidding. Sorry, Shannon, my ENFP friend. Um, but there is like it's necessarily about um, emotional and personal concepts, connecting thoughts about human existence, connecting um, emotions and seeing the relationships between them. 
Yeah, it's always finding relationships that have to do with personhood, essentially. Did that explain anything? Or did that just kind of go, right? oh, okay. You guys are always just being really nice, right? I don't believe Joyce because she says LOL uh, or lol. Um, but I'll trust the other Paul. Thank you. Why are you guys so quiet? <laughs> yeah. Um, mic is dropped. Thank you. I will be here all panel. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so it seems like, you know, the similarities in, in Paul M and Paul potatoes stories is that there's a complexity, like there's many caverns or there's many web, 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 uh, what do you call it? Web connections. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. there's, a, there's a plethora of, of areas to explore or a plethora of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like there's, there's intricacy that it's almost like you're simultaneously building and discovering. And I think it's not just connections, but maybe more truths. Truths about, about the self. And not just yourself, but kind of the, the self as like as an entity, self as a concept. So where that, that FI is always mapping out that personal emotional experience doesn't have to stop there. Like a, if someone is has the FI at the top and they don't choose to really grow with it, then it will stay stuck at, oh, this is me. This is what I like. This is what I value. And this is me. And it's special because it's me. And I'm special because I'm me. And I'm the best because I'm me. And I'm important because I'm me. And the self-focus. But by engaging in that that process of, of mapping and that which exists in the self, either the more solid mental structures like those caves or the more um, the more fleeting mental structures like the webs. It's, it's connecting to find truths about kind of about the self. So you can extrapolate that to others selves. Why? Well, what do I know? I have thinking last. So. Yeah, that seems completely accurate. FI is looking about, like you said, Paul, truth about the self mm -hmm. and uses that understanding to like extrapolate about the world. So mm -hmm. it tells you something about the world. Yeah. It's like its origin is, is in oneself, but it's not all it's aimed at or all it's looking at, right? It starts in the self, but it extends far beyond that. Like the process is introverted, so it occurs internally. Yeah, and then then it's then it's taken outward, and it can be real, real benefit to people, right? Um, you know, you you read a you read a story, you read a poem, um, you hear a song, you think, I feel that. That's what I feel. Oh my gosh, do you know how I feel? Could be an FI dom that made it, right? Mapping out that emotional. That's how I feel, Paul. Right, potato. I get you, man. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. Are you gonna elaborate or just say exactly? You can agree with me because no one likes an ask answer. <laughs> That's <laughs> all I can say because I I couldn't hear a lot. 
Um, no, continue, please. <laughs> no, actually, I'm I'm done. <laughs> really? Well, for now, and then Eddie's gonna kick in, and I'm gonna say more stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, anything? So, Paul, anyone? would you like to add <laughs> your experience of your inner world? My inner world. Okay. Um, since uh, childhood, I always uh, had a rich inner world, but but uh, I didn't need uh, the the need to share it. Um, just now, uh, when I grew up, grew up, um, and yeah, uh, I have a lot of uh, silly stories about me trying to uh, find myself in in the world, in my my place, and and my identity. And I guess uh, a lot of uh, if I don't can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, we're trying <laughs> to to know who we are, and that's uh, very important for us. I thought it was it was important for everyone, but uh, since right. I, I learned about MBTI, I I guess it, it's just us. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, it's like the 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 IPs. Those are the ones who. <laughs> They're so concerned with finding some see. sort of identity. Ah, I see that. Oh, I don't need the description of what you're doing behind the camera, man. That's disgusting. Um, but, uh, I mean, the IP types, they're going to have that that focus on identity, whether it's the, the TI or the FI. It, TI is not often associated with identity the same way with FI is, because FI is like a kind of identity through values. Um, and the meaning that one has, the meaning that one puts on their life, but... Um, any IP, that's primarily what they're going to look for. That's what they're gonna where they're gonna start is that that exploration of the self, exploration of identity. Um, compare it to to an EJ who's really who discovers the self more through their relationships with other people, um, and their identity kind of takes a bit of a backseat. Right, and they have the IJs and the EPs. So like identity, who cares? You know, let's talk about concepts and facts. Um, yeah, so it, de it definitely is like an IP thing, but the, IF, the IFPs and the INFPs, the INFPs, I think, make it a little more fantastical. There's a little more mysticism in the discovery of the self. Good good point, Paul Tato. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I'm gonna steal Paul, your name. your inner world? I see a relation between Paul and INFP Pauls and having bad internet. <laughs> I'm gonna read that. Yeah, that's a thing. Cause, cause, who wants to take time to figure out that st crap, right? Why focus on actually making sure that things work for you in the real world when you can just instead think about things that don't actually matter, that aren't actually relevant. <laughs> the types that I have have had the most technical difficulties have been the INFPs and the ENFPs. Really? That's, that's a pattern. It's a really big pattern, actually. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> wow. You gotta write a book about that. <laughs> Heidi's INFP book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk about internet problems for like half the book. You know how it represents the working of the function stack. I love it. And so, Paul P, 
Would you like to tell us a bit about your inner world? Yeah, well, for sure. Um, my inner world is a bit like a secret garden and that you like traverse like in your mind. And it's, it's like really like fantastical and uh, a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. Damn. Like, I don't suck compared to that. Yeah. Arts and flowers. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's flowers and like you can eat them and like you can make like a wish or like something like, like superpowers or things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I want to be like yeah, more brave beautiful. or something like that, I go in my mm-hmm. inner world and I tell myself like, oh, I need like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You That's got a mushroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mushroom garden. <laughs> Yeah, you captivated all the other Pauls when you started talking about superpowers. You're like, yeah, a garden. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing web, like, web suck. Like, we clean webs out, but a garden. Ugh. And caves are like cold and damp and dark, but a garden. Oh man, can I change my answer? Please? Am I just back? Mm. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> all right now nah, you have to live with it like the rest of um, your life <laughs> like, thank, you. thank you internet connection <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that's a sore spot man how dare you <laughs> so when do you pauls feel most at peace i unmuted myself there we go okay now you unmuted yourself yeah. job yeah i know yeah, there we go. There's that uh, like tech savvy we were talking about before. Yes. <laughs> when do, yeah, when do I feel most at peace? That's yeah. I think there's multiple occasions. Uh, this is such a boring answer because I think it's true for a lot of people, not just INFPs, but uh, definitely being out in nature. Uh, like I'm, I'm a fairly avid hiker. I'm not like you know constant constant outdoorsy you know that kind of guy, but. Uh, I, yeah, I tend to go for a hike, you know, at least, you know, once a week or every two weeks. And like, I live in Vancouver, which, you know, we're lucky enough to be surrounded by like forests and mountains. So if you didn't use them, that'd be the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, luckily one, uh, one of my friends, he's more, more my wife's friend, but I met him through her, uh, is an ISTP. And as long as you, you know, you don't say anything stupid, (laughs) ISTPs are fantastic hiking companions (laughs) because... You know, they like, they love to find the places that are like out. They're not going to take, you know, like the popular ones. Like there's like Vancouver is notorious for a trail called the Grouse Grind, where you go up, you know, Grouse Mountain. And, but it's like extremely popular. You get like random tourists taking it all the time. And uh, so anyway, it's just packed. Whereas like he likes to find the ones that are out, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. You might run into a few people, but, uh, and, and like he knows where he's going. So and so anyway there's a bit of a segue but uh but basically i because in a way it actually helps to have him because i have no problem like being in nature by myself but because i know that he knows what he's doing i can just kind of like tune out and like i'll be i'll be mindful of my surroundings like i'll watch my footing stuff like that but i don't need to worry about where are we going like how long do we need to be out here and you know, when do we need to turn back? Because, you know, he's already taken care of that. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, ISTP, you know, they have a natural 
mm. like relationship with the Earth's magnetic pole. So you ever get lost, you have an ISTP yeah. with you, you'll know where to go. That's 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 yeah. fact. Yeah, exactly. And if things get too dire, you know they're gonna kill you and eat you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you so know, either in way, a way, it's giving it's giving back. It's you know, it's like yeah, circle of life, all that stuff. You know, what an INFP uh, thing to do. You gotta pick someone to eat. Eat me first. Oh yeah, right? please. I'll sacrifice yeah. myself. Yes. Yeah, but c can you wear a robe or something? You know, let's get like really ritualistic with the thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you get a anyway, so. So that is an example, and but I'd say one of the other ones is even though I don't do it often, is uh, performance, mm. uh, and and it, which is a weird because even while I'm performing, like there's all that you know constant anxiety, and like I'll talk specifically about doing stand-up comedy, for example, yeah, uh, which I I don't do so much these days. <laughs> yeah, it's a little little tricky, but even though like while I'm while I'm performing, I am terrified. You know, because you're like freaking out and like sometimes like deafening silence is worse than a boo. But at the same time, because I'll use that as a venue to, you know, like vent about, you know, things I'm worried about, things I'm angry about, which is a huge deal for an Enneagram 9, by the way, uh, for example, or, you know, even just things I think I'm weird and like these are like the weird parts of myself and I, or here are some of the dark thoughts, everyone, that, you know, you get, you get to uh, digest and, and see what you think. Uh, so, but in a way, because I'm sharing with, with myself and because I've constructed in my act like a way for me to share myself in a way I, you know, that feels comfortable to me and, you know, something that I personally find funny. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a piece. It's more of a piece brought on by authenticity, I think, because there may be some exaggeration, but pretty much everything I'm telling you is basically the way I think and feel. Yeah. Yeah. So those two examples. Wow. Hiking and stand-up comedy. Great combination. Yeah, that, that was really great. So talking about stand-up comedy, what are some like Paul puns y'all have for each other? <laughs> oh I don't know. I'm not, like, I'm not just gonna, I'm just gonna like see them on command. Like I'm a, I'm a pet. Like I'm kind of appalled that you even asked that. Like you really should apologize right now. Um, I mean, I don't want to. I mean. One, like, I do want to be genuine. I don't want to be an imposter because that would be, like, that would that would just kind of go against the all the INF polydim. Did that work? Oh, um, yeah. No, I really um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the Paul over to Paul right now. See what he's got. Can't believe you made me do that, Joyce. Like, I'm a little embarrassed. See, when you guys are muted and you're laughing, it's terrible, okay? Paul P doesn't count because it doesn't make any noise anyways. But <clears throat> to you, like, see, you're not even muted. You're not making any noise. What the heck is this? And it's just like silently laughing. Like, that's the most painful kind of laugh. Or the best kind of laugh. I don't know which one. Yeah, but I, I too, apologize if uh, we made you feel uncomfortable. But... And, but that's the thing with political humor is, you know, 
it's a bit it's a bit edgy and stuff and and but that's fine because personally like i like edgy stuff like i see a paul girl on the side uh you know she's a part-time paul dancer and yeah it, it gets it gets pretty kinky like she's into uh, <laughs> uh cock and paul torture <laughs> uh yeah there, there aren't any kids watching this are there? <laughs> oh yeah probably not now yeah probably not yeah it's like oh look look i've been it looks like i've been canceled okay <laughs> oh gosh. yeah so anyway I'll, I'll toss those out there and and yeah like i thought i did think you know when we first brought this up because and i know i did this mention this in in our messenger group but the idea of like this group you know being called like welcome to the paul house or oh god uh, strictly god. strictly paul room you know, and that's yeah. only because of yeah. the, the the nerdy as hell movie references, but yeah. Lord of the Peace, anyway. one ring to yeah. rule them all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man. Uh, I gotta pee. Can I pee? Yeah. Can I pee? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> I need a prompt return. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of NE today. <laughs> oh, Joyce, you're you're an angel. This is fun. You literally, just so you know, like I know we're we've already been good friends for a while, but the fact that you could ask me to make puns like that on the spot, which is not the first time you've asked me to do that, that that confirms that I'm your bitch. <laughs> I yeah. am a bitch. Do it like yeah. Do whatever you want to me, but but no sexual stuff. That's gross. <laughs> I enough Paul problematic. Problematic. Oh, weird. Oh my gosh. I gotta admit, I actually really like Paul Pease because he was beside Paul number four. And he went Paul P number three, and there's only one Paul P. I adore that. That's awesome. Please tell me that was on purpose. <laughs> you know, I gave that one to you, man. Just say it's on purpose. Because then, then you look like a comedic genius. <laughs> <laughs> I need to think of another one. I am a... Cool, 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 y'all. So... Cool, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So <laughs> awesome, awesome, possum, blossom. Great. And so my next question for you, Pauls, is what set you apart as a child? What made you a little different? Honestly, I was gonna say my name, but this this video kinda kind of a letdown. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, yeah. Well, I, I definitely have a thing about names, you know, like as a childhood, you know. Uh, but but uh, I'll go into that. Well, it's it's weird because it ties into my whole insect thing before, like mm. like as as a kid. And granted, like a lot of kids are into insects, you know. But like I was like the kid who was into insects. Uh, but just for some diversity, I was also the kid who was like really into dinosaurs. 
Mm. Uh, and and again and again like really into like yeah you've got yeah kids like dinosaurs yeah but then i was also the kid who likes dinosaurs you know so i'd like go around the playground you know pretending to be a t-rex and stuff like that and i still do that I'm yeah, 27. of course. Yeah, it's per perfectly normal behavior. Yeah. Hey, man. What's up? Um, hey, mom. <laughs> every day. Um, yeah, yeah. So there, there's definitely that. But one thing I did notice is as a kid, like I was never really like made fun of for it. Like, mm. which, which I think was great. Like I, in many ways, like I was, I was a pretty like happy, well-adjusted kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just because, yeah, I never really, you know, dealt with, like, you know, there was, like, the odd bully, but it was always, always, like, weird isolated incidents and stuff like that. And it was never really about that. It was more, like, my hair, so that's fine, uh, which had nothing what to do hair? with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I used to have, like, I normally have really curly hair. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it really wasn't. I hated my hair as a oh. kid, but anyway, that's beside the point, but... So it definitely set me apart as a kid, but I also like that it was, it seemed to be, you know, if not celebrated, then certainly at least appreciated. Like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was never, yeah, teased about it or anything like that. And people are like, oh, hey, you know, you know a lot about this, you know, like, you know, can you tell us about this or can you like read this book about insects? And like, I remember one time in third grade, I was in the washroom. I, I remember this very distinctly. I was washing my hands and... <laughs> Uh, with my friend Wade, and then this other kid, uh, Richie, comes in, you know, and he says, Paul, you're needed in the library, you know, we need you to draw a Tyrannosaurus, you know, and I'm like, in third grade, I was like, uh, okay, you know, I'm like, you know, a little freaking out, because, like, I feel really put on the spot, and, uh, yeah, like, I go, in, I go into there, and there's, like, this whole crowd of kids, and the librarian, you know, and <laughs> this is so weird, the chalkboard's already, and I'm up against a seventh grader, and when you're in the third grade and there's a seventh grader, so like there's only, yeah, there's only a few years difference, but they're like gods. Oh yeah. Because, oh, and, yeah. and that was our school that ran from kindergarten to grade seven there. So these are like the, the echelon people. And yeah, that was the yeah, thing. Like, okay. Yeah. And like, I'm just like thrown into this competition. Clearly the seventh grader probably had some time to prepare because they're all ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And we went for it and I, I drew a T-Rex and like, I thought, well, it's fine. It's not my best work, but, and granted, I'm fully aware that this could have been a pity prize, but I won and it was Easter. So I got like this giant ass uh, chocolate Easter bunny. And I was like, nice. oh my God. Yes. I never win anything. Uh, wow. So anyway, Wait, why, it why, just, why? Hmm? you yeah, dinosaur it, and they gave you a bunny. I feel like yeah. there was a missed opportunity there. Uh, I, I know. Like, yeah, you, you could have gone a bunny or they could have given you a chocolate dinosaur. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I'm glad they didn't ask me to draw a bunny because, yeah, that would have been messed up. Uh, <laughs> that would have been terrible. They'd be like, oh, there's something wrong with that rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like a dinosaur. Anyway, anyway so sorry, I've been babbling on here. But, yeah, it set me, a, set me apart as a kid, that kind of stuff. Yeah, your just thorough knowledge of dinosaurs and bugs is, is really amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Wikipedia, I got nothing on you. Your knowledge in those areas is like rival breeds. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm better Wikipedia. than Wikipedia. Uh, no one like, disputes my sources. And funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other pulse? I mean, having an identical twin doesn't count as a quirk, I don't think. 
Does it? It could. We'll find out because I just said it. Um, oh, no. I had weird quirks when I was like four and five. I was such a perfectionist about material things. Um, my parents never let this down. They still literally bring up to this day, like every couple of weeks, just as a joke. I went through a phase where I refused to wear anything that wasn't the plain white t-shirt. I would literally be like in bed without a shirt and I would not come out until they got me a plain white shirt. Um, I mean, often they didn't, so I just stayed in bed. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, you know, because why do that? Um, I wouldn't wear a pair. I don't remember if I would, apparently I wouldn't wear any socks with like little nicks in them. Like if the fabric was a little off, it was basically like juvenile OCD. It was so strange. Like I, I wanted things to be so, so perfect. I had this, uh, this obsession with perfectionism and that could be, could be FI could just be, could be the type one Enneagram, um, which is weird as an INFP. People ask me like, oh, INFP, on a scale of one to 10, how nine wing one are you? Not. Um, that's how. Um, no, I'm, I'm too angry for that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a weird quirk. Like physically, I would be very perfectionistic. Um, I wouldn't like clothes around my neck at all. Like I would need loose necks because it felt like it would choke me, even if it's just like, like this. As you see, I have grown from that quirk. See how it's right along my neck. I was waiting for applause and it didn't come. That's okay. Don't pander to me. What are you doing? Come on. Paul Ann. That was that was way too late. No, um No, so that's definitely um Yeah, those those are some of the quirks. Like it was it was kind of in that SI realm of perfectionism, right? Of wanting things, wanting the physical things to be perfect. I didn't want to have to worry about any kind of sensory chaos. That's something that made me a weird ass kid. Among the many other things that made me a weird ass kid, but that's <laughs> that that was one of them. Yeah, Spacey told me before that he doesn't like the certain texture of certain mashed potatoes, and he he considers that a SI thing. It's like wanting sensory perfection and just yeah. like being a little picky, a very picky yeah. about it. I like those Spacey. He's like it's like me if I was cool and smart, you know. Um, yeah, I can relate to that a lot. Not the cool and smart, but the perfectionism, for sure. Cool. Oh my god, I might legit be into space. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spacey is dating an INFP. Obviously it won't work. Okay, obviously, obviously it won't work, because, um, because I'm straight. Um... <laughs> But also, even so, he would never go for me. I'm not that. Like, oh, I'm just going to be sad now. I'll just settle for his friend Christian. That's okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Christian sees this. He knows that we have something special. <laughs> <clears throat> it makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. And and so, Paul. Paul three. Oh, okay, yeah. 
Uh, so what was the question again? I forgot. Sorry. The question was, um, what made you a weird kid? Or like, what set you apart as a kid? Hashtag any problems. Forgot the question. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, in, in class, I would like ask like my friends if I could like read their hands and like predict their future, like things like that. And I would just like bullshit all the way through, but like they believed me. I don't know. So I guess like I I made things up. Like I don't know how to explain it. But yeah. But have you ever found out you were right? That's yeah, what I'm curious about. I have mm. found out. Yeah. Uh, I had like a, a imaginary friend that I could like talk to. It was like a dice. And like if the number was uh, uh, like two, four, or six, like it meant yes, and like things like that. So yeah, yeah, it, it went really like like I don't know. Wow. Yeah. What if it went, What if it landed on three five? Three. Five. <laughs> I don't know, like I would ask it like, "Am I going to die tomorrow?" And it would say no, and I was so glad because I believe wow. like things like that. So. So if it landed on one, three, or five. I would ask again if, like, are you sure or things like that. And, yeah. Well, then you're, you're literally cheating death. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so cool. <laughs> like, literally cheating death. I, th I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I dabbled in that a bit when I was when I was older, but yeah, yeah, it never occurred to me as a kid. Yeah. So you're reading hands. So you, I guess it's true. You are into Paul mystery. Oh, <laughs> ouch! That one was right there. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't think that was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I had to. I respect that's, you. That's that's really neat. I like that. And I like that. Yeah, you just like would make things up. That's so cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just for the hell of it. So good. It's beautiful. Like, I wonder if, like, you could go up, like, when you're a kid, you could go to a kid that was mean to you and just say, I can read your palm if you want. Like, yes. okay, sure. You're like, oh, my God. You're going to die tomorrow. And just, like, totally scare them. Mm -hmm. And then it would yes. take them down several notches. That would have been such a good playground. I'm going to go use that at the playground near my house. Because, I mean, honestly, I, I like, whenever I, I walk, just walk around the neighborhood, these little little seven-year-olds are always giving me lip, like, no, I could, come on, let's take them down a notch. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a bad joke. <laughs> that was <laughs> fucked up. Well, you can always read my palm if you want. If whoever is a palm reader that's watching this channel, wow. please tell me what my- It says you're, it says you're <laughs> lacking iron. <laughs> I think it's from the left hand and not the right. But I'm oh, dang. Yeah, just to be sure. Okay. Now, what yeah. act is it to hire him? Loving count. It's good. Okay, guys. I'm hoping someone in the audience knows. <laughs> or Paul P. If you ever want to read, just come at me. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Fantastic. All things wonderful. And so, Pauls, do you have any questions for you other Pauls? Well, I do have one. And this is a very mundane question, I'm sorry. But uh, how do you feel about having the name Paul? I feel like it's a stepdad name. Hmm. 
like it's not a cool name it sounds like i don't know it sounds like like you know the loser who married your mom and has a mustache and just wants to like be loved by you you know i feel like i feel like you'd say like oh don't worry guys that's just my stepdad paul he's a loser let's go smoke weed in the back and i just yeah Paul just seems like, I don't know, but I, I can't really change it. It's also interesting because Paul means uh, small, uh-huh. yeah, right, or, or, or humble, and you don't want to go around saying, oh, yeah, my name means small, right? But no. I think, no. Um, no not, a, not as a male, no. <laughs> not, a, not as a teenager, yeah. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> but it, it is, it, what's up? It, it doesn't feel expensive, like when you say Paul, mm. like it brings you like, yeah. um, right? Because no one can make a no one can give you a short form nickname. Nope. It's like, hey, poof, you know, <laughs> that's where it ends. Huh. Yeah, they can give you a long form nickname, and that's just a whole mess. <laughs> yeah, I, my dad, my 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 dad, um, he he's a psychotherapist now, but he used to work as a pastor for like. 20 25 years and uh, people would always ask oh did, did he na- is your name paul because your dad was a pastor no it was actually named after my great uncle but everyone assumes it's the apostle paul from the bible and they're like oh that's so cool i'm like yeah you know i don't know how i feel about that paul jesus is a cool dude that paul uh, i don't know i question things so it always creates an interesting religious conversation too do you think there is a statistical trend do you think that like that Pauls are I mean not of course not every INFP is going to be Paul because there are more names than there are types, but do you think that there would be a high probability of Pauls that are INFPs? Let me chime in a bit on this. So I have a friend called Tina, she's an ENFJ. She knows she knows about Paul B, so fine AF. Yeah. And and she sent Thank me. You. You did, did you give me a compliment? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was kind of fishing for one, but I appreciate that you bit. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and she sent me a screenshot of the meetups.com in Toronto. And there's, there's a meetup started by INFP Paul. And she's like, is this your friend Paul B in, in Toronto? And I'm like, and then I sent it to you, and you're like, "That's not me." <laughs> no, I would, I would never go out and socialize on purpose. Uh, <laughs> no, that that was weird. That's so weird. Why are there so many INF Pauls? <sighs> yeah. I bet his internet sucked too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird. That's a weird connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like Paul, we're both vegans. I think so. That's yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I feel like I feel like given that it's an ethic of nonviolence and peace to respond with yeah is a bit (laughs) not really fitting. But wow, I didn't know you were lame too. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that could be a thing. I think as Paul is the name of like being docile. And like, if Pauls are already lame, it's like, okay, add vegan onto the list, you know, just keep going down that train. Um, you know, 
works out. Oh, that's really cool. It's, it's, it's fascinating. My INFP friend who got me really into the Myers-Briggs, he was a vegan too. And, and so, sorry. yeah, yeah. I think there's a- these Weird animal rights type people. What a drag. <laughs> yeah. There's a slight trend towards FI and veganism. I'm not like anyone can do anything. Traits are not indicative of functions. Anyone can be vegan if they try. Yeah. <laughs> I just noticed that there's a slight trend there. And then you know, it's funny. I said I said that on on one of the panel, the first panel I did with Joyce is like, <clears throat> not all not all INFPs are vegans, but probably most vegans are INFP. And then I got a bunch of INFPs in the oh, I'm not a vegan like. That's not the direction of causality. That's that's not the the math. Like it, it's oh man, it's fun. That's how you know an INFP. It's like oh yeah, here's my identity. You're welcome, world. Take it because you love it. Because I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I had a bunch of FI doms messaging me. Like I heard Paul say that he's vegan. I'm actually vegan too. So yeah. th there's that too. Yeah. Um, and you told me that in your in your typing service when you get someone uh, that mentions their veganism in like the, the questionnaire, which guys, by the way, if you're gonna wanna get typed, get typed by Joyce, she's freaking brilliant. Um, that's actually how I found my type. I thought it was INFJ for 10 years. Well, we all have our INFJ phase, right? Um, but she said that when someone fills out the questionnaire and mention their veganism, they're pretty likely INFP. And, she, and then she'll, and then she finds that's like, isn't that what you said? There's a pretty strong relationship. I, I said it as or a FI. FI. <laughs> I, I said it non-seriously, but there's also some truth to it. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, well, that's that was, kind of true. <laughs> that wasn't the only reason why I typed to my NFP. Okay, guys, that wasn't. No, the no. Reason why. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's the. It's the NE. Look at the Paul. Like Paul has so much NE. <laughs> like the the ability to to joke rapidly, the ability to switch topics, the ability to mental flexibility. It's like he 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 has a speed of of ide ideational thought, and it's it's so rapid. It, it's, it's freaking like exhausting. But yeah, that's <laughs> how you know. That's how you know I'm INFP. Is I'm crazy, but not as much as I am moral tight ends. And that that's where you get INFP. That's the formula. Do you want to get typed by Joyce? <laughs> yeah, I'm she's she's honestly she's she's terrific. Her her questionnaire survey is the best you will find. So give her your money. I did. I don't regret it. <laughs> and after um, a few months, she stopped asking for more. <laughs> I, did, I did have to sign up for her mailing list at some point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so so yeah. If you want, get typed by me. It helps me pay the bills. Uh, it's it's nice during this pandemic when you know it's hard to make cash. So if you want to support your friendly neighborhood creator, that that's an Ooh. option too. Yeah, yeah. If you want to help pay for my next meal, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're starving. <laughs> no, guys, buy typing questions with her now, <laughs> or else you see her emaciate. <laughs> All right. Any other questions for? It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> this is going down. Like, N E makes all these connections. 
But the longer it goes, it just goes downhill with those connections. It's just going to end up in a fiery disaster. Yeah, it gets more and more absurd as it goes on. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's amazing. All right, so I, will, I have room for Uno question. Oh, <laughs> his internet died. I uh, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> okay, that was a, that was a joke. Um, and, <laughs> and so my question is, what's one misconception people have of INFPs? Hmm. One way they're mischaracterized. That we're all vegans. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey. Yeah. With no audio or hey. video. What's the what's the password? I can't now. What's the what's the password? Potato. Thank you. Hey Jesus. We need to make sure it was you. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Anyone could have picked up your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I think, so tying on, see, mm. this is where any isn't always just chaotic, because it does connect eventually. Um, talking about the, the typing service, I, like, I studied typology really in depth, like read every original text on typology. Um, not a brag, you know, not quite. Um, but I read all these books. I, I I studied so much of it, and I was still very convinced that I was in that was I'm that was an INFJ. Um, even understanding the functions, that that's kind of what I had in my head. Um, and I never really thought of myself as an INFP. When Joyce typed me that way, Joyce and her and her, her colleague Dan, I was very. I wasn't like wasn't repelled. I wasn't hesitant to accept it, but I was just surprised because um, I thought. I'm FI dominant, but I'm not a selfish piece of garbage. And, you know, because really I, I associated FI for so long with selfishness, with putting one's own needs and wants and uh, feelings first before everyone else, um, the focus on the self. Because um, FI is always concerned with the self. FI is always self-referencing. And... So I did not relate to the type for a long time. And only through kind of further discussions with, with Joyce Stewart and with her colleague Dan as well, and my own kind of research, I started to understand that the introverted function means it's within the self. It's, it's within that, like instructed in, to, towards the self to that intrapsychic world, that mental world that exists beyond the confines of the moment, that exists beyond the immediate time and space. So FI is not a, it's not a selfish function. It's not a selfless function either. It's, it is a, it's, it's amoral or non-moral, but it is instead a deep emotional process that occurs within the individual's mind. They'll figure out certain um, value considerations, um, qualitative judgments about the world based on sentiment, based on emotion, without consulting the emotions of others around them. Uh, understanding that was a real eye-opener. And that's when I felt much more comfortable with, with my type. 
good. I, I, I don't always reference the self. Not always saying, oh, I understand why you're feeling. I went through the same thing. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, their feelings are their own feelings. I don't need to belittle them with my own. But, but the, the process, that emotional process still occurs idiosyncratically. It exists regardless of what others around me feel. Everyone else is happy about something. I could still be sad about something because I have my own reasons because against that internal process. So understanding what it means to be a feeler at, at its core, what it means to be an introvert at its core helps you understand what FI is. It's that feeling function directed, directed inside the mind. Um, rather than conflating it with all these associations we make with FI, we can look at it at the core. Um, yeah, that was a big misconception. And I kind of being able to get over that made me much more happy with the type that I have. And explained a lot. It was very illuminating. That was redundant. So it was this. And I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, there was, an, there was a good point you made, Paul. You, you said to me before about what is a core characteristic of FI. And, and we talked about FI and how it, it builds on an yeah. emotional understanding in its own time. It home yeah. as homework. And then it will it will finish processing it by itself as homework. To, I, yeah. I don't know, that's a weird no, it's, it's It's yeah. almost like, um, I think when we talked about um, webs, we talked about caverns, we talked about these, these labyrinths, we talked about these sort of elaborate places. Now, an introverted function is gonna be more constructive and less reactive. Extra function is gonna be more reactive. So, so FE, can notice someone's feeling right away and can respond to it in an appropriate way. Um, it's like energy that they work with rather than energy they take in. And yeah, um, like the FI user is going to really deal with their emotional stuff on their own. You might notice this if you, if you know, you have an FI dom in your life is they they will be a feeler, but they might not talk about their feelings. They might talk about the things that they perceive through their any or their esky. Um, they'll maybe talk about their their uh, their te a lot. Like people often type me as a thinker because when I express, I talk about my thoughts. I talk. I give reasons for things. Um, in part because I've kind of come under the belief, you know, from some instances in my, my personal life where people don't, people don't really want to hear my emotions. And I mean, I, I think that's a, something we have to get over and we understand that if we're to create close relationships, we have to be emotionally communicative, emotionally vulnerable. We have to share though those deeper parts of us, even if it's scary, but um, the, the FI user is not going to really process their emotions with you they're going to process them on their own and they can bring them to you later but they're going to have to go away and, and think about it right um you know F fi users tend to be quite comfortable with being responsible for their own emotional state and so if if an fi user does bring their emotions to you 
it can often be with that TE lens of, I'm trying to figure something out that relates to my F-line. Trying to get an idea. I'm trying to solve this problem. Can you help me solve this problem? Where, versus the FE user who would say, oh, I want to talk to my feelings because I don't know what they are. Right? The, the FI user is going to know what they're feeling, but maybe not know what to do with it in a TE sense. So, so that's, I think, a common misconception, too, is that INFPs are always going to talk about the feelings. They're often not. Um, they feel very deeply. But its depth is internal. And it takes energy. It takes a lot of, um, takes a lot of almost, almost like calculation to figure out how to take that complex FI experience and bring it outward for another person to hear. I'm really bad with coming up with natural endpoints to uh, discussions, but I believe this serves as well. <laughs> That's any for you. Yeah. They're not sure what a natural endpoint <laughs> is. It's, right. It never ends. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned, Paul, before, like, FE kind of sees emotions to be interacted with outside itself, whereas FI internalizes the emotional experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they can cause a weight with the FI user with emotions. Like, if you notice in this hour and a half long session, I didn't really hear much about, like, the, the Paul's feelings. You, yeah. you know, although they have FI and it's very deep, Sometimes FI users don't share the depth of their feelings. Instead, they share their NE, their extroverted intuition, you know, puns mm -hmm. and quick-witted banter or, or other stuff, but they don't share that FI. Mm -hmm. unless, unless they think it's a safe space. I tend to have to infer a bit to understand how an FI user is feeling. With Sorry, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you didn't actually tell me how you felt. Like, oh yeah. I got to learn to do that. And it's not because the FI doesn't feel it's, it's just, it, it feels like it's for the self, right? The FI user has, I think they're more likely to have this mindset of, oh, they're my feelings. Yeah, I'll deal with them. They're not your responsibility. It is, and there is a sort of weight there, but it's not a weight that is necessary, right? All right. The types that we have create these, these, um, these biases that we see through, um, it creates these stories that we tell ourselves that aren't actually true. And so when us FI users think our emotions are our responsibility, no one else can really understand our emotions. Sometimes it's really nice to find someone who wants to know those feelings. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have one of those people in my life. I, I don't want to name any Joyce's, but... You know, that's like, that's really important. Oh, I love making an IJ smile. It's so interesting. Um, <clears throat> really, a, a friend who really wants to, I feel like this is turning into a PSA now. Talk about your feelings with an adult. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you might be the only one who understands them fully, but there are people that do want to be let in. And instead of, as FI users, telling ourselves that other people don't really care about our emotions because they don't care about it as much as we do, they still care a lot. And it can help to better understand those feelings when we get to um, externalize them, when we get to actualize them. 
That was beautifully said. You're very articulate, Paul. You just like that compliment <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> that was a good cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, I do admit. <laughs> and I feel so bad for Parker. He's just getting out at this point. He's a badass. He's the star of the show. He didn't even need to say anything. All right. Final thoughts, Paul. Yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, I mean, I'll just. I'll just kind of jump on, you know, your final question, Joyce, about misconceptions is, and I'm not saying it's never true, but yeah, there's a stereotype of the INFP as being like this totally gentle, like airy fairy little hippie type and stuff. And sure, there probably are, I'm, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but I think there's like a lot of INFPs and this really does tie into FI, like there's a lot of darkness uh, within the FBI. And it's not the kind of like angst, angsty darkness, you know, because I know, yeah, we're often associated with being tormented artists and, and stuff like that. I may have alluded to this. Oh my God, come on. Like... <laughs> Stand up for coffee. Uh, okay, moving right along. Uh... <laughs> stand-up comedy but like yeah like there's like a lot of darkness and stuff and it's not that i have judgments about my own darkness because i've you know come to terms with it it's like oh makes you know makes you more uh more complete but you know tying into what paul bruce was saying is like yeah sometimes you'll find like that one person or like maybe a, you know one or two or a handful of people if you're really lucky that you know really want to like you know hear about you know the thoughts things you may be processing and going over and and you know making a safe making it a safe space for you to actually share that part of yourself from time to time um yeah and and yeah yeah just doing stand-up comedy now and I realize this is not a perspective everyone holds and I'm totally fine with that but like I personally believe that uh anything can be joked about like yeah. and that, that's just my own thing uh so and it's not that, like I'm I, I'm going to go out of my way to shock people or offend people right. necessarily, right. and and I but I personally believe like making a joke about something is a way of dealing with it. It's not yeah. a way of yeah. condoning what you're talking about. For example, now it doesn't always mean like oh I made a joke about like this thing that you were offended by, but right. I made a joke so it's therefore funny. Yeah, that's fine. You're you don't find it funny. That and that's yeah. totally cool. Yeah. You know and. Like I'm never like whenever I t tell jokes that you know are definitely on the dark side, and I tell a lot of dark jokes. I'm never sorry for what I said, but I am sorry if I hurt someone because right. that's not the intention. Right. My intention is like to say something out there is like, oh whoa, that was like edgy, and but it's a way of like putting a play on it. So it's like this is a, like yeah, this is like mess. This is like a really messed up thing going on in the world, for example. So here, here's a here's a funny spin on it. So we can like can just kind of take a little bit of that tension off just by laughing at it for a few seconds. But and again, that's just one of one of my personal values. And you know, I I realize there's people who feel that yeah, you shouldn't joke about certain things, and that's fine. But I'd never want to control someone that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. wondrous point. Paul M, how you said you have a, a humor about darker topics because it kind of 
sheds light on the absurdity of it, which is what Paul B always talks about too. And actually you said the exact same sentence Paul B says to me. He says like, I'm sorry if it hurt your feelings or like, I'm sorry for the impact it had on you, but I'm not sorry for, for what I did because there was nothing intrinsically wrong with it. And so yeah. that was the mind meld you both had at that moment. Yeah, well, and it's never meant that, person. yeah. And it's never meant like when I say like, I'm sorry, I hurt you. It's never right. that like fake apology phrasing of no. I'm sorry you were offended because no. that's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. that's just a cop out. It's like, I, I genuinely feel sorry that, you know, I hurt yeah. your feelings, yeah. for example. And because yeah. that is yeah. never my intention. Yeah, like when comedy can get can get really dark. I mean, you know, talking about like about really serious um topics that are very sensitive yeah it often seems like that's that's very taboo comedians should not talk about it um but when we're attempting to make jokes about dark stuff it's like you point when you point out the absurdity of something um you know making fun of god i mean like no i guess i can't even say anything because i mean they'd be very horrible but, but you know like different forms of discrimination, different forms of genocide, different forms of like crimes, like the, the, these really, these were hot button issues. They are deservedly sensitive topics. Um, I think um, Seth MacFarlane, an INF, undoubtedly an INFP, he has a really good example of this. He makes some really dark jokes in the show. Like <clears throat> there'll be a lot of jokes that are seemingly uh, racist, sexist, definitely homophobic, make a lot of, a lot of these jokes. I, I think, but I think a lot of people miss the point. They think, oh, that comment was racist or sexist or homophobic. Rather than looking a layer beyond that, is that joke is to point out the absurdity of such an attitude that is being expressed. Um, you know, when, when Peter in Family Guy makes a sexist remark, Seth MacFarlane is not sexist. Seth MacFarlane is instead using the character of Peter to point out the absurd nature of sexism and the absurdity that someone would actually feel comfortable to say such a horrendous thing, right? When you can illuminate the absurdity of some sort of behavior, some sort of action, some, some sort of event, you can take away its power a little bit and you can approach it with a bit less fear. I think that's why, like, philosophy is, philosophy is like comedy, but serious. You know, comedy is like philosophy, but kinetic and entertaining. Because these comedians, um, yeah, they're just pointing out how strange the world actually is, how messed up the world actually is. And when we can see that, it becomes, we can develop a certain comfort with the absurdity such that we can approach it with a level head be able to make meaning of that absurdity and be able to take action against that absurdity if possible. That was beautifully said. And that's also, okay, so this is a good example of extroverted intuition too. So you, do you notice as like Paul's talking, he's, he's like thinking through his yeah. statement, like you can tell. And then he's adding on to it when he figures out another connection yeah. and he'll add on to it and add on to it. That's how you, you notice someone is extroverted intuition. Yeah, so I just wanted to point it out. So if anyone wants to see a visual cue. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and and so any other comments on misunderstandings of INFPs before we end off? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, um, there's like two kinds of doves, the doves that laugh and the doves that cry. And I think uh, INFPs are more like the doves that laugh, like in uh, according like to darkness or things like that, how Paul said it. I don't know. It was interesting. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Y'all are great. I love you all, Paul. So. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming out, y'all, Pauls. I, I had so much fun punning with y'all, uh, with talking about absurd humor and how it shines a light on the absurdity of life. There's a depth to the things that you learn. Whenever you guys comment on something, there's like just this moral and philosophical depth to the statements you make well, while they're hidden in puns and gifts and funny statements. <laughs> Y'all pun, I mean, sorry, I, I just called try you. Try one, try one, go for it. Come on, INFJ, give us a pun. <laughs> Have pun with it, okay? No pun's gonna make fun of you. No pun's gonna make pun of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that one, that pun guy, but. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone the, else. The, yeah. 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 The Paul that's all into pung guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Likes to gather pung guy in his garden. Yeah. Y'all are so punny. <laughs> <laughs> or are we just verbose and psychotic? <laughs> I love how dark you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these bad jokes are polluting the atmosphere. Oh! oh <laughs> Snap! <laughs> Paul, Paul B was commending Paul M on one of his puns uh, a few days ago. And like Paul M said, at any second now. And then pa Paul B was like mind blown at the punception that any is the second function of INFPs. And it also means like any second. And it's like a double pun and punception. So that was impressive. Wordplay on point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, you should. I mean, if only the viewers could see, like, could see the the group chat that we had leading up to the video. Like, it was just nonstop puns, mm. terrible jokes, and like, flat out like antagonizing each other about our jokes. Yep. It was oh, it was beautiful. It was a wondrous yep. time. Oh, <laughs> Paul. Paul P. So the reason why you weren't in it is because it was a Facebook thing and you didn't have Facebook. Yeah. yeah so so wow, yeah. we're making you left out. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, you couldn't make it. Yeah. No, I'm so sorry. I just wanted you to let you know. I didn't want to, you to feel like maybe you were left out by mistake. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> and yeah. Heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. My heart is palpitating right now. Oh, yeah. Oh my. Hey, God. if I if I die, uh, you can all be pallbearers at my funeral. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so oh, welcome. Man. <laughs> this is how Paul's fun <laughs> over this one. <laughs> but yeah, it was great to talk about superheroes with y'all. Always is because superheroes are life. <laughs> yeah, and hmm. speaking about modern day superheroes. Basically, Paul B is your equivalent of your modern day Batman. So if you want 
you know, to to embark on some fitness training or some life coaching with him. You can go check out his links. It'll be located down below. And yeah, Paul, um, thanks for sharing about your love of bugs and dinosaurs. <laughs> it, it's really interesting to learn about the little quirks that make you you. And thank you, Paul, Paul P., for your very modest but very wonderful presence. You, you, you're really adorable in how cute and shy you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I really, I really think you're, you're just a, like a really a, a amazing and, and cute human being. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Prexer, that we disconnected. I like how you're always at the live streams of most of my type talks. You have dedication. I'm sorry, your Wi-Fi was not cooperating. Heart to you. He's gone. Can we badmouth him right now? Silly <laughs> <laughs> so Paul Prexer's internet gave out. Like he was the only one who's who had internet connectivity problems. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're better than him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think he could have tried harder. You know, he didn't give it Paul he got so. Oh, that one actually makes me sick in my stomach. Oh was, yeah, nice job. <laughs> that was great. Wow, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that was a mini um, applause. Uh, mini applause. <laughs> <a> mini applause. Applause. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for the puns, the good time, the good cheer, and. Just having such a intricate, um, an intricate life inside you, those inner caverns, those those webs, those secret gardens inside you. It's it's beautiful to learn about. So thank you for shedding light on your inner workings. And thank you, audience members, for watching. I'll see you all in the next episode. I love you more. Thank you. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Mathematically, a nigh impossibility for nerds named Paul claiming INFP, the worst kind of brag if it ever was one. They're like ENFPs, but only half as fun. Like the ISFPs, but not nearly as hot. Like the ESTJ, but flipped around, tied in troubling knots. Like the INFJs, except not even a bit. They think they're hilarious, but no one else gives a hit of a ball their way because they'll know they'll just drop it. Paul's dropping balls because they're trying to be eccentric, eclectic, seizing moments with grace so epileptic, refusing to bite their tongue because they'll call it oppressive. Instead, like inverted infants, they spit up dad jokes and bad puns, each awkwardly dragging out the next one. Cringiness multiplies one, two to four, abolishing every attempt at normal human report. Sorry, Joyce, but you know how blind FI can make us, covering ourselves with bad jokes like bad makeup. The name Paul means small, and right now it fits when I see Paul B as a little dick. And don't bug Paul M, because he'll want to collect you, but let him get his reading glasses. He's a bit older than you. Two Pauls named Paul P can get you confused when one doesn't speak, and the other only speaks in roots, like potatoes. Shoot, truth be told, I kept thinking of Kansas Fields, because every truth bomb we drop comes out super corny. And all the bull that I'm speaking makes me seem super horny, even though it's just my sloppy second N-E. Making jokes at N-E second is F-I-N-E by me, where to find S-I-T-E to C. We may be little twerps, strange like middle-aged men trying to twerk. We may not have real jobs, but your jaws will drop when you watch us go to work. <laughs>